This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, March 25th, 2008. I'm Caleb Brown. Zimbabwean health outcomes are disastrous, according to Richard Tran, the director of Africa Fighting Malaria. But with elections looming, is there a chance to make them better with a replacement of the Mugabe government? Tran visited the Cato Institute yesterday. Give us a, a picture of the, the healthcare situation in Zimbabwe right now. Uh, it is a disastrous situation. The International Committee of the Red Cross describes the Zimbabwe healthcare situation as a, as a war situation. Uh, we have a situation where uh, the life expectancy for women is just 34 years and for men is 37 years. Now, compare that to the average life expectancy worldwide, which is 66.8 years. It's about half uh, for, for women. Uh, and remember, this is in a, a country that once boasted a, a very good and functioning healthcare system and a, and a good public health system. Uh, life expectancy increased to 63 years in 1998. Now it's 34 years for women. Uh, there is a, a lack, there's, there's widespread mal- malnutrition uh, in a country that was once the breadbasket of the region. Uh, there is a complete lack of, of medicines, doctors, nurses. Uh, and hospitals don't even have basic things like uh, bandages and syringes. The malnutrition situation has made the HIV-AIDS situation much worse. That's true. The, uh, the, the Zimbabwe AIDS network estimates that there uh, are around 800,000 Zimbabweans in need of antiretroviral uh, treatment. At the moment, they estimate conservatively 40,000 uh, people actually are, are, are receiving treatment. Now, that was last year. In the interim, uh, drugs have become more scarce. We have a situation with inflation at over 150,000% a year, meaning that uh, it's almost impossible for anybody to access uh, treatment. So that now uh, an estimated 3,500 people are dying every week from age-related diseases, a lot of that driven by malnutrition. To what extent is food aid or medical aid provided to Zimbabwe ultimately controlled by the government? Well, food aid is heavily controlled by the Zimbabwean government. The The World Food Program does try to distribute aid, but the Grain Marketing Board does have uh, control over most food distributions. Um, it is illegal to transport food around, for individuals to transport food, so that if you have, for instance, family in rural areas that are growing maize or other food products and uh, want to bring them into cities, it's illegal to do that. Uh, and I've personally seen the police stopping buses and confiscating food uh, from people. Um, the as, as far as healthcare is concerned, there, there is still a, a semblance of a private healthcare initiative, a uh, private healthcare system, and there are some charities and uh, faith-based groups providing healthcare. Uh, the... Uh, it's, it's difficult to know the extent of donor-rated programs that are still functioning in uh, in Zimbabwe. Uh, the the government certainly does have control and interference in this, and I've and I've seen the sort of political interference in uh, in healthcare, and I've spoken to people that have been turned away from clinics because they didn't have the registration cards of the the ruling ZANU-PF party. To what extent have neighboring governments in Africa? To what extent do you think that they're somewhat culpable for allowing this type of situation to continue? Well, I think that they have played a large role in perpetuating the Mugabe regime and, and, and uh, you know, ultimately leading to a situation that we have today. The 
most African governments have stood by in solidarity with uh, President Mugabe. Few have dared to criticize uh, the, the ZANU-PF uh, policies. Why is that? Well, it's uh, for. And, I mean, it's, these are complex questions. I mean, the um, Mugabe, President Mugabe, is seen as a uh, as a liberator, as one of the old guard of the African liberators, um, and so there's a reluctance to criticize him just because of that stature that he has. Uh, certainly, for the most important region in the country, South Africa, there there does seem to be. A, a strange relationship between President Mbeki and of South Africa and President Mugabe. Uh, I, President Mbeki himself has been criticised by the trade union movement, uh, uh, with in, internally and much of the opposition in in Zimbabwe is born out of the trade union movement. It's very difficult to know exactly why um, that you know there is this reluctance uh, to to criticise what to most people seems so obvious. The, I think that that. That certainly race does play an issue there. The fact that initially uh, it appeared that the Mugabe government policies were were race-based, reclaiming land rights for black people over commercial white farmers. It became very clear that really what this was was uh, an attempt to hold on to power and to use this issue um, to, 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 to cling on to power. Uh, it had nothing to do with race really at all. So many Zimbabweans have left the country into surrounding countries, but in their attempt not to criticize Mugabe, those countries have sort of denied the extent to which Zimbabweans have entered their countries. Certainly. That is certainly true of of South Africa. And there is an estimate of over 3 million Zimbabweans are living in South Africa, and the the South African government denies the scale of the problem uh, and and then treat Zimbabwean refugees in the most appalling way. They're not given any access to uh, help. Um, they are routinely arrested, uh, sent to these appalling uh, detention centers, and then repatriated. Um, so there's a, there's a, there's a, a major um, health uh, crisis and humanitarian crisis in the neighboring countries among Zimbabweans living there. To admit that there is a problem would be admitting that uh, there is a problem in Zimbabwe and that something should be should be done about this. And so far, the the response from the African Union and from the Southern African community has been, uh, if muted, if I was being polite, disgraceful would be another word. What hope do you hold out for these elections in terms of any changes in Zimbabwe? I don't hold out much hope, I'm afraid. I think that the uh, the years of violence and intimidation um, uh, has meant that it's p- people feel frightened about expressing their their, their, their what should be a free vote uh, and their opinions. I think that inevitably uh, President Mugabe will rig the rig, rig the polls and he will be returned to to power. Um, it's it's clear from most polls that have been done before the um, organi- before the election that the MDC has overwhelming the popular vote uh, and that they should be the rightful winners uh, of this but uh, if uh, so I don't have I don't hold out that much hope that these elections will change lead to a change in power um, what they may do though is spur a more of a popular uprising and 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 give people more courage to come out and demonstrate on the on the, on the streets now don't forget that every time that's happened the the police and the army have responded very swiftly and very brutally. Uh, and so, you know, it's easy for me sitting here to say that people should go out in the streets and demonstrate. But 
that I think that that has to at some point happen. Uh, and increasingly, people have less and less to lose. With inflation at 150,000%, people's savings uh, have deteriorated to, to zero. And with widespread starvation, um, I'm not sure that people that ha- have that much to lose. Richard Tran is director of Africa Fighting Malaria. He spoke at the Cato Institute's forum, Economic Collapse and Political Repression in Robert Mugabe's Zimbabwe. That forum is available for download at cato.org.